Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Better Than Wine podcast with Sean and Riley Provo. I'm Riley. I'm Sean. And uh, before we get begin, <laughs> before we begin our podcast tonight, uh, we will Sean will tell us what we are drinking out of our wine glasses. Yes, the first place to start here. It's a lovely Chalk Hill Rosé wine off the Sonoma Coast, uh, 2017. It's fresh. Very fresh. Certified fresh. Do you know that's like four years? I'm sorry? Almost five years. Well, depending on the month. Yes. Probably five years, though, since it's November of 2021. Yeah, I'd say close. Unless it was harvested so it's in not a very, December. So it's not a very aged wine. No. Like our marriage. I suppose that's accurate. Our marriage is only a little bit older than this wine we're drinking. Yes. Well, apt that we purchased this wine in celebration of our anniversary last month. So it is. Um, okay. So, what are we talking about? Today, even though normally we'll talk about theology of the body. Yes. It's going to be our main topic. We wanted to give a little bit of introduction to who we are and how we'd like you to approach this podcast. (laughs) Right, to get a feel for who we are, whether you like us or not. Then you can decide if you want to listen to the next one or even to the rest of this one. (laughs) Maybe it's already not worth it for you. (laughs) Maybe it's too late. (laughs) Either way. Uh, So what are we doing? So we're going to talk about the four temperaments. Are we going to talk about all four of them? We're going to talk about all four temperaments. And then we're going to talk about our own temperaments that apply to us. Now, Sean, let me ask you, do you think after we talk about all four temperaments, will our likely small audience be able to determine what temperament we are during that conversation? Yeah, I think anybody who knows us already First of all, it's probably been exposed to the four temperaments at some point by some yes. <laughs> of our friends. Yeah. Um, but if not, as soon as we describe them, it'll probably be pretty obvious. Pretty obvious. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to talk about temperaments kind of as relating to the Christian and specifically Catholic spiritual life. We are a Theology of the Body podcast after all, and that is, let's see pretty catholic yeah since it was a pope who gave it to us right you have to be in some sense catholic to probably care about it to pope yeah (laughs) (laughs) so otherwise if you don't like popes in general not specific ones not naming names (laughs) oh my gosh but um just popes in general. In a later podcast, we'll share our opinions of certain popes. I'm just kidding. You're not going to share your opinions? What? You're not going to share your opinions on things? I'm going to share my opinions on things, but okay. maybe I'll wait until the fourth or fifth podcast to talk about my feelings about popes. No, we got to get it out. Right uh-uh. away. No, 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 no. Right away. Set it up so that everybody knows where we stand. Bonus content? Patreon.com slash better than wine podcast. <laughs> okay. Right. So, so anyways, 
Uh, do you want to introduce the four temperaments? Or sure. would you like me to attempt to butcher the names of them? Let's, um, let's just talk about them. Because I think we both can probably add little things yes. here and there. Unless you want to just like read descriptions that we have. Um, well, up, I'm going to open the descriptions. That's smart. That way, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to make anyone feel left out. Yeah. That's um, true. So which one do you want to start with? Um, just go alphabetical. So that's pretty easy. Uh, one of them is very much at the beginning of the alphabet. Oh, no. I think we should save that one. <laughs> yeah, we can start with choleric. Yeah. Choleric? I think it's choleric. I say choleric. Yeah. So... so. Correct us in the comments. Yeah. Um, all right. So clerics are people who are very seen, at least usually as outgoing, um, kind of inquisitive, I think is the word. You want to like, if you're cleric, you want to kind of know about things and you're very passionate, maybe even to the point of aggressive. Um, but very, like, self-assured, I think. I don't know what you're talking about. I can assure you, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Good. So, so, but there's probably a little more to it. There was a lot more, according to one fisheaters.com. Yes. Which is, uh, well, you and I took two different temperament quizzes mm -hmm. to find out which temperament we are right um and one of them was from <laughs> openpsychometrics.org okay but you're gonna stop it open psycho i was like i don't remember that one <laughs> no um and the other one was from fish eaters okay. um Open Psychometrics did not have any particular religious take on it. Mm -hmm. And then right. I came across this fish eaters quiz when I was trying to do a little more research into the temperaments because I wasn't mm. super familiar with that. And they had a very strong Catholic take on it, uh, which I found interesting. I don't know that I necessarily agree with everything that was written, but um, <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. nice. So maybe biased, but all right. Yes. Uh, what one thing I like about fish eaters is that it names some saints that mm -hmm. are associated with that temperament. Yeah. And I know this is a point of pride for you. We'll get there. Don't worry. I don't know if pride's the right word. Go ahead. Okay. So. So, famous clerics include St. John the Baptist, St. Paul, and St. Ignatius of Loyola. Mm. I mean, those are pretty good ones. If you were living in the age of faith, perfect career choices for you would be a crusader, the knighthood, king, mayor, head of a guild, founder of a new religious order, or housewife or father with a well-organized, well-behaved brood, each mm. of whom you expect to excel. Okay. Oh. So, that is kind of their introduction. It's part of their little introduction. 
Yeah, very leadership focused. Yes, and we'll put a link in the comments for both of these quizzes. Sure. Um, Why not? Yes. Uh, it says that the cleric is self-composed, seldom shows embarrassment, and is forward or bold. Mm-hmm. Um, is impetuous or impulsive, plunges into situations where forethought would have deterred him. Now, why are you laughing? Because the more you read it, I'm just thinking, like, St. Paul, Paul is probably the, the best example like the ultimate example maybe that's Just, why he speaks maybe to yeah. me <laughs> um is self-confident self-reliant tends to take success for granted exhibits strong initiative tends to elation of spirit seldom gloomy or moody and prefers to lead is very sensitive and easily hurt reacts strongly to praise or blame I don't, didn't like to read that one out loud. Okay. Does this um, have something to do with you? <laughs> yes, this is my temperament. Okay. Alright. So. It's hard to like talk about it without revealing that. Especially when I'm choking on every word. Especially when you are that one in particular I think yes because I could have talked about mine even though you would maybe understand from the words I would be able to say it without <laughs> making it obvious but yeah I can't help it like I know <laughs> there are just so many things that I'm like that's like it's not all encompassing and I think it, it's important to note that that what you know whatever it provides for a description doesn't necessarily completely yeah, and describe who you are. Both websites were like, this isn't a box. Right. You're not in a box. But um, one of the perspectives that this website provided for each temperament was strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and potential habits to form for spiritual growth. And I did appreciate that. I just mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to talk about it out loud. That's fair. Okay. All right. Um, so, yes. Should we move on? Do you want me to talk about dictators? No, we can save that. We'll save it. Okay. We'll build to that. Build to that. Dramatic tension. So the next temperament... A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's melancholic. <laughs> Elemento. And so on. <laughs> and so on. <laughs> uh, so, tell me about melancholic. So, melancholics are very... As, as a cleric is outward, and melancholic is inward. I think. Yes. Very, um, kind of in their own head. Um, kind of a ponderer if you will. Right. Someone who, um, you know, just kind of thinks a lot and doesn't, may not on the outside look like there's much going on. <laughs> Sometimes. Like so, in their heads? Just in general. 
just they could be, you know, face to face with someone, not talking to them, and the other person might think that they're just completely zoned out, and it may be true, but the melancholic is probably thinking about like fifty different things at once. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think very um, usually described as creative. Um, because again, how much is kind of going on in their minds, um, sometimes tied to anxiety, <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, again, someone who's, uh, again, very, very much in their own head. Um, you kind of, I think, too, part of it is, like, thinking about how, like, they, I think a lot of times they do, you know, have that problem of, like doing things as opposed to just thinking about them because it's like well they like are thinking too much <laughs> about like what if i do this then this will happen um and like how and they're very tend to be very sensitive about how they affect other people are mm-hmm. not as um i don't want to say selfish but are, they're just their focus is usually more outward than inward but anyways what kind of description do you have um so this one says do you want me to start with the saints like I did last time sure okay um Famous melancholics include John of the Cross, John the Divine, St. Francis, and St. Catherine of Siena. Mm-hmm. If you are living in the age of faith, perfect career choices for you would be contemplative religious, theologian, artist, or writer. Yeah, so I get more like creative slash thinkers (laughs) right I think is what kind of wraps up all of those uh huh um where they're not like like the choleric probably is more someone that like asks a lot of questions and again it has like a lot of hard opinions on things and is not afraid to share those um whereas the melancholic is more like just thinking (laughs) thinking about these things um, and that's one thing I remember this, this, um, the description from fisheaters.com was mentioning how, um, probably the melancholic more than anybody, um, has that ability of, like, pondering about God himself and, like, in the eternal in general. Uh, and again, that, like, that's... You know, again, if they have the faith <laughs> to back up their temperament, um, that's kind of what, what they're led to. Um, again, I think more so than the other temperaments. Yes, it says... Hmm. Sorry. Is self-conscious, easily embarrassed, timid, or bashful? Avoids talking before groups. When obliged to, he finds it difficult. Prefers to work and play alone. Good in details. Careful. 
is deliberate, slow in making decisions, perhaps overcautious in minor matters, is lacking in self-confidence, initiative, compliant, and yielding, mm -hmm. tends to detachment from environment and is reserved and distant except from intimate, except to intimate friends. Mm -hmm. Is secretive, seclusive, shut in. So I feel like you described that pretty well. Um, yep. <laughs> I think so. At least covering with the main points there. Right. So. So the next one. Would be. Elemental. Phlegmatic. Phlegmatic. Yes. Which is, I think... This one has the shortest description. Yeah, so I don't think there's a whole lot going on. Right. With the phlegmatic. But, and that's, I think one thing too is between all of the temperaments, there's, I think, there's like two that are kind of similar. Yeah. And then the other two are also kind of similar. But I think the biggest difference between the two, like, categories of temperaments mm -hmm. is like the introvertedness of one versus the more extrovertedness of the other it's true where you can really only be one or the other of those and that's a big like defining characteristic i think you know i don't know that i necessarily agree with that especially when you look at both of these websites mentioned that everyone has like a secondary yeah temperament no, yeah. And since I've already mentioned that I'm choleric, uh, I'm choleric melancholic. Mm -hmm. And so I am an introvert, as you are well aware. But the choleric temperament is associated with strong extroversion. <laughs> right, I guess that's my point. Although it's perhaps not... not as strong as sanguine. Which we'll get to. Yeah, I think a little bit, there's a little difference. But yeah, and that's that's a little different than what I was saying. Is that I think each one individually mm -hmm. expresses either one or the other of introverted or extroverted. Which in your case, like being a like choleric melancholic, you most like purely are introverted, but have those extroverted tendencies to the point where people who don't know you that well do assume that you're extroverted. Yeah. So, like, if you did happen to be someone who was purely choleric, I think there's not a way around you being an extrovert. Right. You know, I guess that's more of what I'm saying. But, yeah, it's a solid point you're making that, again, that kind of goes back to that it's not to place someone in a box of saying, like, this is who you are. Because um, there's more to it, and uh, yeah, having that like secondary, like the next one that most describes you, uh, really helps to kind of round out more about you. Yeah, too. for sure. Um, so this one doesn't seem to have any saints. Hmm. That's. But I remember <laughs> from the other page, you know, like the introductory page. Yeah. That I believe it was John the Twenty Third was one of the phlegmatics mm. that was mentioned. Well, that's a good one. And then I'll have to go look. So while you're looking, 
I will read this other part. Introduction does not have any. But yeah, go on. Um, if you were living in the age of faith, a career choice for you would be a copier of manuscripts or a night watchman. Mm-hmm. Um, the phlegmatic is deliberate, is deliberative, slow in making decisions, perhaps overcautious in minor matters. So that overlaps with the melancholic is indifferent to external affairs, is reserved and distant, is slowed in movement, has a marked tendency to persevere, and exhibits a constancy of mood. The soul or mind of a phlegmatic person is only weakly or not at all touched by impressions. The reaction is feeble or entirely missing. Eventual impressions will fade away very soon. Mm -hmm. So this is the epitome of the the go-with-the-flow person. Yeah, I kind of was thinking as we're reading the description like if we were gonna find like try to think of a saint yeah, i feel like uh, a hermit <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> fall into this category Maybe like one of the desert fathers yeah i was thinking anthony of the desert. i was thinking anthony also yeah. then, i don't I think don't mary of egypt i don't know i don't know it's hard to say we'll have to present these to the expert on the desert fathers and yes. see if he has any thoughts Right. it's a good idea. All right. And the final one? final one would be... Sanguine. Sanguine. Who are very... Again, I think this one is more of an extroverted tendency. Yes. Um, I think this one is like the, the most... Like, they just love talking extroverted. to people. And you know what's interesting? This one doesn't have any saints listed either. Hmm. That is interesting. I wonder why. Yeah, me too. But... Yeah, because that's like the oh, thing. Oh, later it talks about St. Peter. Oh, okay. That makes sense. In a bad way. Oh, well. Never mind. Anyway, continue. Yeah, but that is just like they just, they love people, I think, and just like talk about anything and they have a, like a, a lot of ideas that I think they, they probably like to share with people. Yeah. Um, is like a, a big part of it, um, and that because I, I, I think it even says in this um, description that they they kind of sanguine is usually um, sort of like tied to the idea of air, like just very like yes. Um, I don't want to say airy, but <laughs> uh, just that that whole idea that they and just kind of get swept away. Yeah, so it says, if you were living in an age of faith, perfect career choices for you would be artisan, shopkeeper, innkeep, craftsman, seamstress, tailor, brewer, baker, stonemason, weaver, potter, farmer, housewife with a very happy family. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Definitely not a sanguine over here. No. (laughs) Or here. (laughs) That's true. Um, Whoops. It says is self-composed. A lot of this overlaps with choleric, so I'll just read the things that mm-hmm. don't. Um, is impetuous or impulsive. His decisions are often mm. wrong. <laughs> Keenly alive to environment, physical and social, likes curiosity. Tends to take success for granted. Is a follower, lacks initiative. Mm. 
That's very interesting to me. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that last part necessarily. Yeah. Because I was thinking of someone we know who is probably sanguine, and they're definitely not like like that. Like they they definitely don't lack um, initiative. Initiative. Okay, I was trying to think of the word. Yeah. Is the person we know three? <laughs> no. Oh, that's not who you were talking about. No, okay. I'm talking about like a real adult person. <laughs> a real adult. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So I think. Well, let me keep reading. Yeah. Is keenly alive to the environment, physical and social, likes curiosity. Ten. Okay, ten. Is hearty and cordial even to strangers, forms acquaintanceship easily. Mm. Tends to elation of spirit, not given to worry or anxiety, is carefree. Mm-hmm. Seeks wide and broad range of friendships, is not selective, not exclusive in games. Makes adjustments easily, welcomes changes, makes the best appearance possible. Is frank, talkable, social, emotions readily expressed. Does not stand on ceremony. Mm. Has frequent fluctuations of mood. Tends to frequent alternation alter alterations. I think it's supposed to say alternations mm. of elation and depression. So, uh, yes. Mm. Interesting. I think. Any final thoughts on the sanguine? No. Okay. I would like to take a brief, very brief break. My nose is running. Okay. And I'm going to go get a tissue. You're going to go catch it? All right. Great. And we're back. We are back. I have to fix this. Okay. Thank you. Um... All right, so we've talked about the four, all four temperaments. Yes. And uh, you at home, or wherever you are, can take those quizzes yourself, see where you fall, see if you agree with it, <laughs> take it again, take it a third time. Just Tell us confirm. about it. Yep. In the comments. <laughs> yep. Wherever you are. Um, mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk about... Our temperaments, mm-hmm. so that you all can get to know us better. And previously to me revealing mine, Sean and I had not shared our temperaments with each other. It wasn't really something that we had done before. I think I did it in high school as part of a retreat, mm-hmm. but like it was all on paper, so you could like fudge the numbers a little bit. Yeah. Um. And I mentioned to you, we had talked before, we've done personality quizzes (laughs) and stuff about, like, Myers-Briggs. But it's really interesting to me. It's like, I know my Myers-Briggs type, but it doesn't really, like, mean anything to my daily life. Yeah, me neither. Um, Whereas, Mm -hmm. I found this information very helpful. Yeah. And once I read, um, especially from the Fish Eaters website, once I read that... I started to note areas of my life that I could work to improve. Hmm. 
because I was called out by a website. Yeah, which I think it was kind of a little bit of the point. I think it was, yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so I'm choleric melancholic, and we've talked about this a little bit. Yeah. And you are? I am melancholic, phlegmatic. Yes. I thought you were going to be phlegmatic, but I think the trick of like being a melancholic is that most of the melancholic identifiers are going on up in your head. Yeah, that's true. So I think a lot of I mean, more quiet melancholics could be mistaken for phlegmatics, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, so did you feel that your results were accurate? Um... Not at first, because the first quiz we took, it had me pretty much basically tied with phlegmatic and um, melancholic. Yeah. Um, so it was like, okay, well, uh, I didn't really understand it, so I was like, which one right. is it? Um, but then the second one, uh, again, with a more Catholic view, uh, made a lot more sense, and it was just very like, okay, you're melancholic. And again, not to count out that there may be a secondary trait, but... Yes. Um, but I definitely felt overall more closely related to the melancholic. Gotcha. I think. And melancholic had all of those saints. I want to read them again. John of the Cross. Yes. St. Francis. Catherine of Siena. And John the Divine. John the Divine. I don't know a lot about unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but also, because I read all of these. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. I just happened upon, maybe I shouldn't say it out loud. Yeah, do it. Um, but one thing I've noticed as we've spent our time together. <laughs> um, yes. Is that... I think that I'm much more inclined to the sacrament of confession than you are. I think that's true, yeah. And what it says here is, Confession is a great burden to the melancholic, while it is comparatively easy to the sanguine, which I am not, but... um, It's probably like a scale there. Well, it's going to mention me in a second. Oh, okay. The melancholic wants to manifest himself, but cannot. The choleric wants to express himself easily, but does not want... Oh, can express himself easily, but does not want to. Mm. I think that's pretty accurate for uh, you. Why is everything is such an attack? Well, it's, like, it's just trying to make yourself better. Room for it's, improvement. Um, it's a very theology of the body perspective. Of, right. Uh, or maybe it's just a John Paul II perspective of... Um, not um, being accused for being called to more the same way yes. that, that Jesus. What is it called? Not accused. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yes. Um. I like go to confession. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like it's a very deep experience no, for me. I don't like it to be. <laughs> I know you know. Personally. I think that's what it's saying here. It actually it's... annoys me when people make like regular confession like a deep 
thing. I'm like, I get it if you haven't been in like a long time. It, like, it probably is very meaningful to you. Um, right. But I think we, I think we even share this yeah. a little bit. I think a little bit, but I, I do. It annoys me if you like go to confession during a daily time like a where the time is time. limited and there's a lot of people in line. Yes. And then you take like 40 minutes and then right. some people don't get to go and maybe they really needed to. Mm-hmm. And I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yep. Um, but as far as like the experience, like while you're in the box. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for... Um, like the acknowledgement of grace. And very often, I, I mean, I, I go to confession pretty, pr- pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. I like walk in, I read off my examination of conscience, which honestly I should probably move past at some point. Um, you know, like examination mm-hmm. lists are a good starter. Okay. But at a certain point you have to start looking into the more detailed nuances of your sin okay like what yeah. got you there but see that's where I don't, I don't think that doesn't need to come out in the confessional no I don't think it needs to come out in the confessional I'm saying that uh, maybe I shouldn't walk in with my checked mm. off examination of conscience and then just read there. off the page yeah that doesn't speak to my personal sin that's fair. I mean, I've categorized my sins into whatever the phrasing they've used. Yeah. I like to do that because I get too, like, anxious when I'm in there that yeah. I'm going to, like, forget. Because I, I always forget everything. Like, I always forget parts of, like, the act of contrition. And then even when I'm, like, reading it, when they like, have it available, yeah. I still, like, try to, like, halfway through, like, go back to, like, just my, my memorized version. And then I mess it up. So I I, like I like to write things down, but I would like it to be more personal. But I very often end up taking a child into confession with me. Yeah, my child's been on the other side of the screen sometimes. Yes. <laughs> As an infant, we should clarify. Yes. Below the age of reason. Yes. <laughs> um. Yes. The last time I went to confession was complete and utter chaos. And I'm so glad that I had my list because then I could just read through my list Mm -hmm. and be done. Yep. (laughs) And I hate to think about it like that, but when you have a screaming three-year-old... That's how it is. (laughs) Then you do what you gotta do. Yep. Um... Yes. So back to you, not me. But yeah, no, I think yeah, it's that's a good point that it probably it is probably more difficult for the melancholic to like. It's, like it says it's a great burden to you. Yeah, it is. It's one of those like you know. I know because I ask you if you want to go all the time, and, and I'm like I should. <laughs> I feel like you're more willing during the penitential seasons when it's customary. Yeah. And I, I want to be clear to everyone who doesn't know us. I don't ask you to go to confession because I think you need to. Well, 
Yes. It's not because it's like, oh, I... I know I, that you've I'm sinned. I'm keeping tabs on all of yes. your sins. Here's your list. Here's your list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's not like that. Not at all. But you do encourage me to go, which is good. Because otherwise, I would just think about I it for a long to. time. And not do it. Yeah. But I do, yeah. I like, The thing I like about going to like the more like times of the year when it's customary mm-hmm. and usually like Lent and uh, Advent mm-hmm. um, is usually because outside priests will come in. Not at our church. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they have a couple times, but... Not anymore. Not anymore. But yeah, typically, historically for me, that is like go time. It's like, here's these priests I don't see every week. <laughs> I feel like you're the kind of person who would benefit from having one confessor Maybe. You would hate it initially, would. but... Probably would be better. I think it would, because there was a time, I think right before we got married, where you stopped going to confession to the priest who fell asleep, and you started going to confession to the same priest I would go to, mm-hmm. and you would go to him every time, and I feel like it did you a lot of not like it did you a lot of good you weren't as yeah. bad of a sinner but the sacrament was still the same <laughs> yes the sacrament was the same but the brief counsel and accountability was higher mm-hmm. um yeah because i feel like it's easy to confess the same sins to a different priest but it's hard to confess the same sins to the same priest yeah and part of what makes that more difficult is to have someone who is like your confessor mm-hmm. they obviously have to know you <laughs> yeah um, and you can't just like tell them and then like run away and go do all the things again <laughs> right like you're like you're gonna think about did it. you resolve not to sin again or what <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah it might be good but it, it terrifies me <laughs> A little bit. That's holiness. I'm just kidding. Probably. <laughs> you have to get there in your own time, but yeah, I I don't know. This analysis makes me think that that might be one of the ways in which you could not you, but like melancholics who struggle yeah. with going to confession mm-hmm. could make confession harder <laughs> to make themselves holier. Right. Yeah. Sort of that. Slight self-mortification. Yeah. I definitely think I would benefit from a confessor, but I very often end up confessing to somebody I work with. Yeah. Literally on a daily basis. Uh, right. And that's basically the same thing. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sometimes he tells me when I need to go to confession. Yeah. <laughs> and it is yeah. in a way of keeping tabs on my just... <laughs> he doesn't put it like that. I can that. see that. But... But, yeah. Um, there's like a look that he'll give me when I say or do something when I'm like, ah, oh. yeah, I know. <laughs> yep. Um, yes. Let's see. Right. So that was, so that was my, I think my main trait is the melancholic mm-hmm. um but definitely there's some phlegmatic in there yeah just like 
don't know, just like trying to motivate myself to do things. And I think that comes into things too, like going to confession. Like a phlegmatic person probably also struggles because part of the phlegmatic tendency is pretty much struggling to like get yourself to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a different different reason behind it. But Can I read something else off of here? Yeah, please. That you're probably not going to like? Yeah. It says, a melancholic person who has no confidence in God, the love for the cross... Uh, God and the love for the cross falls into great despondency, inactivity, and even into despair. Mm. If he has confidence in God and love for the crucified, he is led to God and sanctified more quickly by the suffering, uh, sorry, by suffering mishaps, calumniation. Did I say that right? Probably. Uh, and unfair treatment. But if these two virtues are lacking, his confidence is very dangerous and pitiable. If sufferings, although little in themselves, befall him, the melancholic person who has no confidence in God and love of Christ becomes downcast, depressed, ill-humored, and sensitive. He does not speak, or he speaks very little, is peevish and disconsolate, and keeps apart from his fellow men. Soon he loses courage to continue his work, and interest even in his professional sorry, in his professional occupation he feels that he has nothing but sorrow and grief finally this disposition may calumniate may culminate sorry <laughs> in actual despondency and despair mm. yeah <laughs> there's the phlegmatic side sure is <laughs> yeah um i just feel like i've seen you in periods of your life not to say you lost confidence in god but where this kind of like i would say a shadow of this mm-hmm. kind of has shown me that um you are melancholic yep yeah, and I think that's it's accurate. Because, I mean, yeah, definitely many times I can think of in my life, or even if it's short or long periods of time where that's true, yeah. it's happened. <laughs> so, yeah. But I think that's the important thing. It was never a total, like, loss of faith. Right. There were some close calls. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I don't think you've had any close calls since I've known you. No. Mm-mm. It was all right before that. It was <laughs> get, all getting ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, is there anything else you want to mention about your temperament? No. Melancholic phlegmatic. Yeah. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Hates people. That's my, I don't hate people. I don't say that anymore. I used to say that, but I don't anymore. I say that. I think that's my choleric side. Yeah. We'll get to that, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> don't talk to me. Uh, what did I want to say? Oh, yes. So, for our listeners who don't know us, mm-hmm. ask someone who does know us. I'll probably talk more than you. 
Yeah, I think so. On this. Oh, it might it might end up being pretty even. Yeah, that's true. You have a lot more It's one of the like theology of the body is one of those things I can talk about. You can. So <laughs> I love that. And I like to talk about it. You do. Um, okay. So Oh, oh I like this. One more thing. Oh go. Yeah. Okay. This is so true of you. It is well to keep him always busy, but do not overburden him with work. Literally, if I'm like, let's keep going, let's do another um, task, you're like, done. Yeah. Yeah, actually, so I remember, I actually do remember that being part of the description, and it's like, mm-hmm. like how to, because I think it gives like kind of instructions for like, how to try to overcome sort of the bad tendencies of mm-hmm. your... Because I think that it lays out that there's kind of pros and cons to each temperament. Right. Um, so, like, we want to not just acknowledge what we're good at, but also work on what we're not as good at. Um, and sort of over, try to overcome the weaknesses of our temperament. Uh, I remember it saying that, that a melancholic person should... Um, Try and try not to be idle, whenever possible, because then it's like you're just sitting there thinking about things, and again, it just yeah, eventually can lead to like things like despair and anxiety yeah. and um, self consciousness. Um, so I think that's true. Yeah. And I've seen, I've definitely seen that in my own life. Well, I think sure. uh, if I can bring up our dinner conversation that we were having. Sure just a little bit ago yeah um we were talking about kind of adding some structure mm-hmm. to our lives uh because my temperament is very impulsive mm-hmm. and yours can get lost in the depths which yeah. not necessarily a bad thing all the time but it's sort of like a quiet like yeah but i think we diet. very often <laughs> find ourselves scrolling yeah. And we talked about some ways to kind of reduce that. Yeah. So, and a Provo pro tip. Provo pro tip? <laughs> Is this a segment uh, yeah, that we're starting? That'll just be a thing. Maybe it happens randomly. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Are you going to make like a sting? Yep. A little sting, a little graphic. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. That's what I was kind of envisioning. Provo pro tip. Explosion. Anyways, we'll workshop it. It'll be like the like stone letters, like doo, doo, yeah. and then, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'll, yeah, okay. Do like that. Anyways, <laughs> so adding structure. Yes. Um. So we talked about adding. Well, basically, dedicating one night a week to a different activity. Mm-hmm. And kind of having that repeat on a cycle. Right. So, um, obviously, one night a week, we are going to record these podcasts. Yep. Um, <laughs> one night a week, we'll talk to each other. Which, <laughs> <laughs> I okay, to that point, <laughs> I don't even care if nobody listens to these. Yeah, because we get to have, like, long-form discussion. Yep. And I think that's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about good things, so... Right. 
yeah, if, if we're the only two people yeah. <laughs> who care about this conversation, That's I'm enough. cool with it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little bit deeper than just like, what'd you do today? Yeah. Like I <laughs> waited for you to get home. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, then we talked about, so I am an artist mm-hmm. and, uh, I really want to have time to paint. So I could paint on the nights that you play video games with your friends, mm-hmm. um, which Sean has a dedicated night each week where he reconnects with his high school guy friends. Yep. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know. It's funny that you like specified guy friends. Yes. Instead of my high school girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you don't have any of those. Uh, isn't yeah it didn't exist um anyways yeah so uh kind of like a hobby fun yeah night um and then one night a week we're gonna play board game or a Mm -hmm. a game yep which i'll destroy you at um excuse me i don't think so (laughs) okay we'll see i owned you and i owned you in the last game before that yeah, so it's about even when we play games with each other. We keep score. Um, and then what were some other things that we were going to do? I want to give people... Yes, so we're going to read. Mm-hmm. One of the commitments that we made when we started this podcast was that we were going to start reading. This is going to sound lame to some people, but for one hour a week. Yeah, not do. a lot. Or was it one chapter of a... I thought it was one hour. Okay. I think it makes sense to do more like time than yeah. But anyways, yeah. Well, we're gonna read. Mm-hmm. Um, partially so that we can be, we're gonna read stuff for the actual podcast, but we're also gonna read other things. Yeah. Um, that will be our hour of reading a week, which I realize a lot of people will probably read like an hour a day, or something. Or not at all. <laughs> we've not really been reading since we yeah. had kids. Yeah. I've never been a reader, really. Yeah. I stopped reading when it started being assigned. Yeah, that killed me a little bit. Yeah. My, any love the of reading. The whole <laughs> annotated books thing. Yep. Like, right on this page, or, or you're going to lose points. And mm-hmm. I think the last book that I read all the way through for like before assigned reading crushed my soul mm-hmm. um was probably like either the Iliad or the Odyssey for sophomore English in high school it was our summer reading and we were required to annotate it and I was still an overachiever at that point and you enjoyed that no I'm just saying I, I finished the book. Oh. Okay. So you're saying, like, the last one that you cared about. No, no, no. Like, well, it was, uh, okay. I cared about it because it was an assignment. And right, but it wasn't just for fun. No. It was very what much about, unfun. What about for fun? For fun? Yeah. Um, hmm. Like, the last book I finished for fun? Yeah. Was probably Wuthering Heights. Okay in middle school. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, isn't that sad? I used to... I used to lay on the couch while my family watched TV, and I would read, like, an entire book in one day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can only think of a couple books that, like, I read all the way through that, like, I couldn't put down. Like, straight... Well, can you count, like, assigned books? Yeah, because there there are maybe, like, three or four books I can think of that I have as, like, assignments. I think they're all, like, summer reading things but they were assigned and then required but right. I enjoyed them. So I did like um gosh I, this was like senior year of high school I think mm-hmm. junior and senior year English kind of blurred together because I had the same teacher in the same room mm-hmm. um I think it was King Lear okay. was interesting to me yeah in the way that she was a really good teacher. Mm. I just hated, like, accelerated reading and and mm-hmm. uh, annotations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I'm reading The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And it's been really hard to get back into reading. Yeah. And, like, comprehending... The material. Yeah, there's something like psychological about it. Yeah. I think now, at least for me, I noticed that like picking up a book and like opening mm-hmm. it and like trying to read it, like even though I I may want to, right? My brain is like, this does not. Oh my god. Bring joy. Yes. <laughs> does not spark joy. This does not spark joy. <laughs> um, I just remembered. Um, my okay. So I have told you a lot about the class that I took in high school called Extended Readings in Church History. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the best teacher. Right. Um, and in that class, we read The Interior Castle. I finished that, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Didn't fully understand it, because then we were supposed to write, like, our own version of The Interior Castle, and I failed the assignment. Mm-hmm. Um, we read... The Confessions of St. Augustine, mm-hmm. The Cave, um, and Till We Have Faces, which yeah. you know that I love that yeah. book. Yeah. I love pretty much it's anything good. by C.S. Lewis, though. Yeah, me too. I think he's overall my favorite author. Yeah, absolutely. It's like his style of writing. Yes. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Bar none. There's some close ones. But... Holy Spirit is actually my favorite. All right. <laughs> I know. I'm That's sorry. fair. That's fair. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> what were we talking about? Our schedule. Oh, that yeah. We're working on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Implementing. A <laughs> um, little tangent yeah. there. Okay, so reading, painting, video games. You know, like everything I think is good in moderation. And I mm-hmm. really am glad that you play every week with your friends so that you can maintain those relationships. Yeah, that's what it's really about. <laughs> It is. Like, I don't know if I would, like, ask you, like, hey, can I have a block of time so I can just sit by myself and... Play video games with strangers. Yeah, or even just by myself. I don't know. It's definitely... I don't think I would even do that if it wasn't for... Yeah, for sure. Well, and we really made these arrangements because your friends were, like, begging me. Yeah, that's true. Well... (laughs) Because they miss you. Yeah. So, 
I'm happy that that arrangement could be made. Yeah, me too. Um, what else did we talk? Oh, journaling. Yeah, yeah doing some journaling. Doing some journaling reflective and some prayer. reflective prayer, scripture reading. Mm-hmm. Just like building it into our week. Oh, and watching a show together. We really like to watch mm-hmm. shows uh, and criticize the current cinematic productions. Current? I guess not really current. Well, I think more of what we do is just turn on something we know. Yeah, that's. but that's... we usually have one like new show. Yeah. But, but we want to kind of reduce the amount of TV that we're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah. It's just, it's become, like, the default. It ha- it did for thing. a while. I think we're is, yeah. improving on that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's everything that yeah. we talked about. Obviously, we gotta spend a night folding laundry. <laughs> yeah, just, like, general <laughs> things yeah. to be done. Yes. Um, but the hope is, like, really with those things, to spend about an hour mm-hmm. of the night doing that so like one episode of a show right um probably more than an hour of painting (laughs) for me yeah Um, and maybe more than an hour probably two or two and a half hours of video games with your friends Mm -hmm. um but those are things that we can kind of do together and or not together at the same time at the same simultaneously yeah um yes and just being like intentional with your time intentional i think that's really what we're going for here and i think since we both kind of fall into melancholic i think that that um goes back to what we're talking about of like not being idle yes (laughs) because otherwise look what happens (laughs) yeah seriously so much Um, like wasted time yeah 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 um Anything else for the list of things we can talk about me being mm-hmm. a cleric? Yeah, I think we should talk about that. Okay. So basically, I'm a dictator. <laughs> According to this one. According to fish eaters. Thing. Yeah. Like, what even is fish eaters? People who eat fish. So Catholics? I think more than just Catholics eat fish. You know, we should have fish this week. It's Advent, so we should have fish on Fridays. Sure. Because it's a penitential season. Right. We, I think it would be good for us to, full disclosure, we don't do the no meat on Fridays thing currently. Yeah. Um, Just like, I don't know. But I would like to. I feel like a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't, but you're supposed to do that or another penance if you're in the United States. It's allowed. Yeah. Um, technically, we're obliged to do a penance on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would like to do fish on Fridays during mm-hmm. Advent and then carry it over mm-hmm. into ordinary time. Yep. Okay. Famous cholerics. Uh, we talked about that. So, some other famous cholerics that we didn't already mention are uh, Julius Caesar, mm-hmm. Hannibal. Yep. Who else? Hitler. Yep. Stalin. What about, like, the good ones? 
Lenin, Mao. What did I just say? What about the good ones? Let's focus on them. Uh, were there other good ones? They're good, yes. I'm looking. You said that there were saints. P. Shram says the choleric prefers to die rather than topple himself. Hmm. Okay, here's what I was talking about. I alluded to in a previous conversation that you didn't understand because you didn't know what I, that it related to temperaments or what my temperament was. Okay. It says, this is categorized under dark sides of the choleric temperament, which has got to be at least three pages long. Yep. Um, feels deeply hurt when he is humiliated or put to shame. Yes. <laughs> Even the recollection of his sins fills him with great displeasure because these sins give him a lower opinion of himself. In his disgust over his sins, he may even defy God himself. Mm. I feel like that kind of explains why I go to confession pretty regularly. It's like almost scrupulosity. Yeah. Well, according to that, yeah. I was mostly silently (laughs) commentating on the almost. Okay. Um... Okay, what I was referred to was deceit, disguise, and hypocrisy. This is definitely, I feel like, and maybe this is my other thing of having a low opinion of myself, (laughs) but this is an area where I have struggled. Mm -hmm. Um... As a noble and magnanimous as the choleric is by nature, the tendency to pride and self-will may lead him to the lowest of vices, deceit and hypocrisy. He practices deceit because he is in no way willing to concede that he succumbed to weakness and suffered a defeat. He uses hypocrisy, deception, and even outright lies if he realizes he cannot carry out his plans by force. Really? You're going to laugh? Well, it's just, I didn't realize you struggled with pride. (laughs) (laughs) I told you that in confidence. I know, that's okay. Can make other bold claims as well, but... Just quote... Like some people. Quote my spiritual director back to me on... Yeah. I almost said on public television. I mean, that's essentially what YouTube is. It's true. So, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Because you can't be wrong or else you'll die inside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Mm. For the true... Okay, this is the very next sentence after where I left off. For the true communist, everything... (laughs) Mm. It says that. I believe you. For the true communist, everything that will help his cause is right and just. He makes and breaks treaties and promises. Robbery and lies and murder are considered justified if done for the party and the cause without consideration of the cost in human suffering. Wow. So this is someone who's like really like 100% choleric. I would think so. Yeah. Um, it also says lack of sympathy. He has two heads, but no heart. Wow. 
See, I think that's the opposite for you. You think so? Yeah, I think you have two hearts. Like a, an elephant or something. What? <laughs> Whatever animal has two hearts. A whale. Speaking of elephants. Oh, no. Okay, wait. I want to remind me to come back to elephants. We'll see. The elephant in the room. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, the very next sentence after he has two heads but no heart. It says, wars, torture, concentration camps, the death of millions of people meant nothing to modern dictators like Lenin and Hitler, Stalin and Mao, and they're like... Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That hurts. Before we move on to the light side of choleric, mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about Hannibal. Okay. Please do. So, it says... Okay, these are the characteristics Mm -hmm. that I list. A keen intellect, a strong will, strong passions, and oftentimes subconscious impulse to dominate others and make them subservient. That's where it talks about Hitler. Right. But I want to talk about elephants. Okay, go on. Okay, so you know who Hannibal is? A little bit, yeah. Have you met him before? <laughs> yeah, we're friends. We're good friends. Um, so, it says, under a strong will. He is not frightened by difficulties, but in case of obstacles... Shows his energy so much the more and perseveres under great difficulties until he has reached his goal. Um, okay, so then it tells under the choleric one, it had like a little, a lot of little anecdotes. Mm-hmm. And this one says, Remember, this is about having a strong will. Yeah. Hamilcar of Carthage in North Africa took his son Hannibal to the altar of their god and made him swear eternal hatred for Rome, their implacable enemy. Later, Hannibal assembled a complete army and elephants and led them through Spain, over the Pyrenees, through southern France, and over the Alps into Italy, a feat never equaled before or after, and came very close to conquering and destroying Rome. First of all, I like that it ends with, and came very close. Yeah, not quite. But he took elephants. He did. From North Africa. North Africa mm-hmm. through Spain. Yeah. Over what I believe the Pyrenees are well, in France. That's how you would get there. That's, isn't that like right on the border of Italy? Yes. Yeah. Into Italy. Okay. Elephants. Yeah. Heck of a way to travel. <laughs> Took an army of elephants. Right. I mean, if you got them, you know. If you got them, flaunt them. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is pretty incredible to think about. What kind of strong will you need to have 
just amass an army of elephants <laughs> to try to attack the greatest empire that existed. Yes. Greatest as in strongest, not best. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Debatable, but yeah. Anyway. Cool. Are you going to get an elephant? I sure would like to. Where would you keep it? The backyard. We have a fence now. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything to an elephant. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen an elephant. Well, then I'll get an elephant and a... What else? A wizard? I'm sorry? <laughs> you were telling me about... You're talking about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's not going well. Yeah. The elephants that um, are used that uh, they have to take down. What? That's part, part of it. It's part. They have to fight against an army of elephants. I think, I believe, the term is the, the mama kill. The mama I, I kill? Think, I think that's what they're called. But they're elephants? It could be wrong, but yeah. Oh, if you're wrong, you're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, they're, they're like, they're like. You know who's gonna hate you aggressive. if you're wrong? Yeah, I do. Especially a couple people who would hate me if I'm wrong. That's true. But, anyways. But only one that we care about. Yeah. Um, we'll make it up to him. We'll we'll let him. We'll let him come on. We'll bring you him can on. bring him on as a guest. Talk about fish. Yep. Just fish. Well, that would be a. F- Special, um, we should have him on and then, yeah. season. Well, okay, that's true. I was actually gonna say we should have him on, they could talk about fish, he could talk about fish, mm-hmm. and then maybe you two could do an episode about Lord of the Rings, okay, and how it corresponds not corresponds. But like you know, I bet I bet you could think of a way that you can like, kind of tie in tie it to theology, theology of the body. Yeah, yeah. You can pretty much do that with anything. Yes, that's what I was thinking. So that could be fun. Yeah. And then me and his wife could just hang out behind the camera. <laughs> sure. Um. Okay. Yes. Okay. I want to talk about good things now. Yeah, let's talk about some good things. Um, and then probably let's wrap it up a little after that. Yes. In a nice bow. In a nice bow with our Catholic afterthoughts. No, wait. <laughs> no, it's kind of been wrapped into all of this anyway. Um, Okay. Basically, lots of cholerics became saints. Yeah. And that's where I want to leave it. (laughs) Sure. It makes sense. As someone who can kind of stand up for themselves, they... Yeah. But also, like, if you can overcome the vices associated with being choleric, Mm -hmm. then I think that's a great display of virtue. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, really hard not to be a domineering jerk. Right. Because I think if you become aware of it and can overcome it, you become more sympathetic. Yeah. Well, it said, like, 
clerics would prefer to die rather than to humble themselves. So a cleric that humbles mm-hmm. themselves literally dies to themselves. Right. Yeah. And that's what Christ asks us to do. Right. Because then it's like you can still kind of take a stand. Yeah. But then you're not, it's not like through yourself or for yourself. Right. You can let God jump in, the Holy Spirit, and be like, this is the important good thing to stand up for. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um... Let's talk about how you want people to use this information. Yeah, because I think that's ultimately, at least from our perspective, is what it comes down to is, like, you know, what is the point of caring about this other than just, like, oh, that's kind of funny, like, I'm reading the description, huh, that's me. Like, it's, there's yeah. more to be taken from this, I think. Um, and I think even kind of relating it back um, that you brought up before, that I think when you talk about personalities, probably most people think of Myers-Briggs, which mm-hmm. it's like there's like 10 million different combinations that someone can be, and yeah. none of those are perfectly accurate. It's, it's like reading a horoscope kind of like yeah maybe maybe something about it speaks to someone but Mm -hmm. definitely not to everyone who falls into that category um whereas part of what i like about the temperament for temperaments is that it's a lot more open-ended to yeah you know the individual um unless trying to like box people up into a certain category of who they are um but that's you know with trying to like we will do time and time again trying to relate whatever to theology of the body um which is very possible to do uh in this case that it's i think very beneficial to understand these four temperaments and um, to understand how they affect the people around you. Mm-hmm. And I think most importantly, if you're married, understanding your spouse and their temperament yes. um, can really help you to um, empathize with them in different scenarios. And, um, you know, that even if you're completely different um, temperaments you can at least see where the other person is coming from right and know how to respond to them um i think it's essential you know it's probably like at some point we'll probably talk about um uh what's it called uh like love languages i assume that will come up at some point yeah that's kind of like 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 imagine not caring or putting any effort at all into understanding your spouse's love language like what speaks to them like if you don't try that at all you're going to uh you know it's not that it'll necessarily hurt them it may um but you're not doing what's what could be best for them which as we'll talk about time on theology of the body that you know love and what that really means right is 
simply put, wanting what's best for the other person. Right. Um, and of course that means a lot of things, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the understanding of temperament is very important to that, um, aspect of love, of, um, you know, again, wanting what's best for the other person, because that's, uh, another thing that we understand the four kind of, um, I don't know, out of see I don't remember if there's a technical term for these. Maybe you know. Uh, but like the four kind of attributes of uh, love that we see time and time again in theology of the body of um, like free, total, faithful, fruitful. And I think yes. it kind of falls into there to be understanding your, your spouse. I want to say my mind is going toward the word qualities. Of love, Qualities. but... Okay, yeah, that might be it. Well, we'll, we'll get JP2's terminology. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely talk more about it at some point anyways, yeah. too. But um, that I think it really falls into there of, um, you know, at least as far as, like, to totally love the other person. Again, that you're not holding back, that you're willing to kind of put in the effort <laughs> to understand them better and um, who they are. Uh you know, um, and I think fruitful can be part of it too, that mm-hmm. you're going to have a more fruitful relationship yeah. um, when you understand the other person better. But um, more broadly, I think it applies to, um, you know, interacting with anybody in our community, mm-hmm. anybody around you, right? Whether you know them or um, maybe don't know them that well. It's something that, you know, picking up on what their temperament may be uh, can again help with a lot of things. I mean, just think about like evangelization to talk to somebody else about your faith without kind of being in their face. Um, It really, uh, excuse me, can really help to uh, understand, you know, if you can kind of pick up on their temperament to say, you know, how am I going to respond to this person? Um, and how might they respond to me uh, is, you know, very, very important that, again, that um, this is how you can more, I think, more effectively reach someone, you know, as to who they are, where they're at. Um, You know, it's just one piece, obviously, there's a lot more to it, but, um, you know, understanding who that person is, um, you know, you think to like back to Adam and Eve before um, original sin, right? Like they could look at each other and there was like that perfect understanding of who the other person was. They're raised lost on us now, but um, something we still want to kind of strive for. And again, I think that's part of it is understanding, you know, who is this individual person? What do they um, care about what do they not care about um, you know and you know how do they respond to different things um, so I think that's a big part is like kind of being able to reach out to people around you um, it just kind of depends on your own you know temperament too how you will go about that but um, so I think being aware of your own as well as trying to like start being at least somewhat aware of the people around you again that it goes kind of a little step further Mm -hmm. 
that you don't want to necessarily just assume things about people. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's good, but, um, you know, to kind of get an more of an idea that, you know, this is a person that you're talking to, that they, they do have things that they uh, care about, um, you know, they are, you know, their own person, that I think you can't just approach everybody the same way. Um, you know, something uh, I've seen personally in myself is that, um, you know, like teaching theology of the body to eighth graders, um, it was kind of my initial reaction was to just assume that I could just go about it the same way for every like group of kids that came in <laughs> and it would just be whatever, yeah. not even necessarily think that it would be good or would, would work to reach them, but, um, that it didn't matter. Um, but I see now <laughs> over time, you know, a few different groups of, uh, kids of individual right. people, um, they are different, that they respond differently to different things. Um, and so trying to, you know, pick up on that. And again, part of it is just seeing people as people, like mm -hmm. not just seeing the people around you as just, you know, someone over there, like there's just another person, right? But that they're their own person um, with that uniqueness to yeah. them. Um, that I think is really important to remember at all times. Um, that it doesn't matter who they are, um, but they, whoever they are, they were created, <laughs> you know, by the grace of God to be who they are, to be where they are, um, and when they are. Um, and again, that I think that's part of our goal, our mission, I guess. Um, as far as reaching people, uh, is to, to understand, <laughs> you know, who they are. So I think the temperaments become a part of that. Yeah, I, I think that was very well put. Um, there were two things I wanted to add, but I might only remember one. That's fair. Um, <laughs> one of the things is that I want to encourage us mm -hmm. but also everyone who's listening as we proceed with these podcasts with that contain the teachings of theology of the body at least as we understand them um to be aware of how some of these topics will be difficult and some of the ways that we might present them. Um, Sean and I are both used to working in a little bit more personal ministry, mm -hmm. uh, specifically with teenagers mm -hmm. and- Sometimes adults. Sometimes adults, very often impromptu conversations with adults, yeah. but um, This information was too good not to share. Um, these teachings of theology of the body, the the grace and the beauty that it's brought into our our lives and our marriage. Um, and so 
our hope is to present this to the general population and so there are probably going to be some things that um, you don't like or you don't like the way that we've said it mm -hmm. and um, I'll just ask that and that also we this happens to us a lot when we're talking to each other that we don't like the way that the other said something and, mm -hmm. and it turns out we're actually on the same page yep. uh, if we would just communicate a little bit better and so our um, I would ask everyone including ourselves to take a moment of discernment and consideration mm -hmm. for the information presented and if you submit questions or comments or concerns or complaints to <laughs> us uh, via comment or email we uh, promise to do the same and by we promise to do the same I mean that Sean's going to hold me back when I want to give a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, we'll assume the best intentions. We will. Um, yeah. But also that, um, you know, we're only two people, and so we can only, and we'll do our best to get perspectives of other people. But when we present ways of application, sometimes those might need to be adjusted to be effective in your lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and let me say to you that neither one of us think, I don't think thinks that we're uh, experts nope. in any way. Not even a little bit. Just enthusiasts. Enthusiasts uh, who have been greatly affected. And are, we're working mm -hmm. through it ourselves. I mean, mm -hmm. I really, I hope it's okay to share this, but I feel like in the last month our marriage has turned kind of a corner where it seemed like things were kind of rough for a while like they weren't bad but they weren't necessarily um fruitful yeah thank you <laughs> i was like yeah. close intimate something yeah. fruitful is the perfect word mm -hmm. you know we were just kind of floating through going through the motions mostly raising the kids it was like two people doing their own thing united by this common goal of keeping toddlers alive. Toddlers <laughs> alive, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that kind of is what pushed us to do this. Mm -hmm. um, I hope that we become experts. Maybe someday. As we pursue this uh, podcast. But... Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be doing this with you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we don't know a lot of stuff. If you submit questions to us um, that we don't know the answer to, mm -hmm. we know a lot of people who are experts. Yep, and closer to experts than us anyway. Yes. No, we know a lot of people who are experts. They may not call themselves that. But to us, in comparison. Yeah, I feel like you're forgetting some people that we could reach out to. Maybe. Okay, good. I'm just um, trying to keep everybody's humility humility up, I guess. Pride down. That's what I'm going for. If you do this, I'll die. I know. Um, good. <laughs> we will find out the right answer. Yeah. Is what I was going to say. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because truth and justice must prevail. All right, cleric. Come down. <laughs> Just listen. Find your phlegmatic side and go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So, all right. Um, you want to close it up? Sure, let's close it up. All right. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Patreon. Nope. Patreon. Patreon. One day. Why do I always... I don't know. just can't... You'll get there. Patreon. YouTube. YouTube. Twitter. And Twitter. Will be all those places. There's not a lot up there, but there will be stuff up there by the time you listen to this podcast. Not a lot, but some. Yep. Um... Find all those links in the description. Yes, all of those links are in the description... And I think that's all. Yeah. You ready to sign off for the night? Go eat some baklava? That is what I have been waiting for my whole life. Your whole whole life. It's like a dream I had last night. <laughs> all right. Good night. Or good, good day. Good morrow. <laughs> I said good day. <laughs> all, right. all right. Cheers. <laughs>